This episode is brought to you by Broad Street Publishing. I always looked for his blessing and I never received it. And like a lot of young men, when you don't receive the blessing from your father, you seek out the blessing elsewhere. Author and founder of Legacy Minded Men, Joe Pellegrino, joins us on this episode. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to this episode 20 of the Bold Idea Podcast. This is Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. We are coming at you with yet another great interview that we have in store for you today. We are bringing back another Joe. (laughs) (laughs) We love our Joes. (laughs) We've got Joes coming out of the nose. (laughs) Well, we have Joe Pellegrino. We we did have Joe Pataglia on the program earlier. just happened to be friends. And Joe Pellegrino just happened to be writing a book with Joe Pataglia. So we wanted to get Joe Pellegrino on the program today. Joe is the president and founder of Legacy Minded Men. He's the author of four books stay at home that's my dad transformed and his latest book fathers say what fathers say can determine a child's way and as i mentioned he wrote that with our friend joe battaglia in addition to doing all that he's a men's pastor a speaker a certified life coach a consultant an entrepreneur kind of sound familiar i mean (laughs) (laughs) i don't know anyone like that larry (laughs) so we're so glad to have joe pellegrino join us on this podcast welcome to the bold idea podcast Thank you, Larry. I greatly appreciate being here. Well, it's fun to have you on, and I know we are going to be talking about a really vital topic here today. And I want to start with a question that I have from just reading your website. It says something pretty provocative, and I want to ask you about it. Mm -hmm. You write on your website, the greatest challenge this country and, yes, the world faces is not unemployment, the environment, drugs, violence, teen pregnancy, government corruption, or even ISIS. The greatest challenge we face are men who have abdicated their role as leaders, husbands, and fathers. Did I really say that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? I did say it, and I stand by it, Larry, because I believe that at the root of every one of those problems that you mentioned— is a man who has lost his way, who does not know who he is in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the world crumbles because men have not taken that role up that God crafted them to do. And why is that, do you suppose? Well, because I think that there's a three-letter word for that. It's called sin. It's selfishness. It's understanding that the ways of the world are better than the ways of God. And we've gone, listen, here's the reality of the situation. We went from Father Knows Best to father knows nothing in one generation. Mm. We went from Robert Young to Archie Bunker in a 15-year span. And that Archie Bunker is now the status quo on television today. That's where we're getting our imagery of a father. All right, now Armin is looking know. at me like, who is Archie Bunker? <laughs> I'm Armin, glad you caught that. I, I've heard the name. I just have no idea who he is. He's, Ar- Armin being our resident millennial is like, oh, who's Archie Bunker? <laughs> I've heard the name at least. Archie Bunker was the father in a family called All in the Family on television. It was a massive hit. He was, <laughs> how could you say, everything wrong with the man. Everything wrong with the man. He was prejudiced. He was boneheaded. He was ignorant. And he made it very clear to the world. And yes, he was funny. But unfortunately, it set a standard. 
And I believe we follow that standard to this day where it's very difficult for you to find a really solid role model on TV. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about your personal history with your ministry, Legacy Minded Men. Now, how did how did you come into that ministry? How, how did you start that? What what was the catalyst for you to begin this ministry? We owned a family newspaper, co-owned a family newspaper. And when I got saved May 26, 1995 at a Promise Keepers convention, I came back and, and we wanted to do something great. We formed a small Bible study and we decided that we wanted to help kids. So I reached out to the local division of youth and family services to find out if we could provide Christmas gifts to children, abused children throughout New Jersey. And they said, yes. So we adopted 56 children to buy gifts for. And it was so successful that we decided to put it on the front page of our newspaper the next year. That year, we arranged for people to adopt a child, per se, for the Christmas season. And we did 600 children. The next year, 900, then 1,500, 1,800, 2,100, 2,400. And in the course of 11 years, we provided 20,000 children with 50,000 gifts out of our home. Mm. And it was wildly successful. We were the largest donors to abuse children in the state of New Jersey. And this was all out of our home, even though we never bought a gift ourselves. All we did is coordinate it. Mm-hmm. But in 2008, after accolades, and we were voted the volunteers of the year in the state of New Jersey in the year 2000. But, you know, we just looked and said, is this really all there is? We would put a gospel of John in the gifts, but really, is this all there is? And then I really felt a tug of God asking me to minister to men. And I told my wife, I think we need to stop this ministry, which we call Adopt a Child. And when we told people, they were so upset with us because, like I said, we were the largest donors. And and I guess we were a lot of the hope for people, but mm. their hope was in gifts. And that didn't mean anything to us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and I recognized that there was a greater calling. There was a great book, as you might have read from Jim Collins, that was good to great. And it talked about understanding, you know, who should be on the bus, who should be driving the bus. And I started realizing that, you know, I'm not in the right seat on the bus, you know, there is a greater problem in this world, and it is it is men that are not living up to what God crafted them to be. And 2008, I made the decision to, to start a group. It was not called Legacy Minded Men at the time. I got a few guys. We met at a golf course, and I was an elder at a mega church in New Jersey. And I asked them one day, would you give me the church property for two days, a Friday night and a Saturday morning, because I wanted to do a man conference? And they said yes. And we did 360 guys in those first two days, and that started everything. Guys wanted more and more, so we started doing more conferences, and Legacy Minded Men was born. And you've been doing it ever since? Ever since, yes, sir. And so that's been really fueling you over the years since 2008 to invest in men, and I know you're you're part of the National Coalition of Ministries to Men, as I am. I'm wondering, Joe, is there is there something in your relationship with your own dad that centered in on the importance of doing this for others? That's a tough question because my dad was a good man, but he wasn't necessarily a great teaching father. Mm-hmm. He was 42 when I was born, and he was an old man at 42. Mm. And I remember, you know, I, I love baseball. Baseball got me through my my very difficult childhood, and I remember only having one catch with him. And it's just, again, good man, but he did better than his father, you know, that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. I just recognized that, you know, I needed something more because the fact that he did not provide me with affirmation and really teaching about what it meant to be a man, 
I wanted to do it better for my kids because I know that it really led me down a bad path because I always looked for his blessing and I never received it. And like a lot of young men, when you don't receive the blessing from your father, you seek out the blessing elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those are not good places to go. Mm-hmm. So what was this bad path that you ended up on? Let's see. I did most everything wrong. First of all, when I was a kid, I told so many lies that to this day, and I'm 55 years old today, at, on this day, I do not know what actually happened in my childhood. Because you see, I wanted to be somebody that I wasn't, and I made up this whole fake life. And when I think back on my childhood, I keep saying, gee, I wonder, did that really happen? Because again, my whole life was about about lies, and that actually flowed through into my early 30s Mm. until I came to Christ on May 26, 1995. Wow. That's intense that you can't separate your own lies from your own life. Um, Do you think that's a common situation when kids or sons are separated from their fathers? That's a great question. I've not really heard many people repeat what I just said that has happened in their lives, but certainly when the father is not being the father that he was crafted to be, the kids, I mean, they fall off the grid. And a lot of them pursue things that are not godly and very worldly. And we're seeing that today. I mean, the statistics are overwhelming when a father is taking an active role in the child's life. And I'll just throw one at you real quick. When a boy or girl under the age of 18 is the first one to come to Christ in their family, 3% of the family will follow them to church. When a mother is the first in her family, 22% of the rest of the family will follow her to church. But when a father is the first, 93% of the family follows him to church. Those are overwhelming statistics and numbers that ultimately point to one thing. A father's words and a father's direction can make all the difference in a child's life. As we like to say, when a, a father gives the gift of a blessing to a child, it changes everything. Mm. Now, a lot of people that might be listening could really identify with the story you shared about your dad. I say that only because I could really identify with it. <laughs> My own father was 40 when I was born as well, just as as you described your dad. And probably not unlike your dad, a better dad than he had. But my dad, probably like yours, didn't have much to say to me either in terms of affirmation. And I don't think I ever got an I love you once. And I know he never attended any of my cross-country meets or any of the things that I did. And that detachment, I still feel the effects of it at 57, you know, and have had to work through that. Now, so I know exactly what you're describing in terms of your desire for intentionality, even with your own children, to break the chain and to create a different experience for them. And it's not necessarily an easy thing to do because there's still a lot of woundedness that comes there. But the importance of speaking into the life of kids, just vital. Now, you and our prior guest, Joe Battaglia, have written a book on Mm -hmm. that very topic, right? Yes, sir. It's called Father's Say. And Father's Say is, again, giving the gift of blessing to your children. And these are powerful words spoken by fathers to celebrities and the difference that it made in their lives. And, and, you know, it is so powerful when a man understands the power of his words. And, and to illustrate that, I will tell you this. There was a gentleman that had a very famous father. And his famous father 
was always on the road and really never had the opportunity to spend a tremendous amount of time with him. It led him down a very bad path. And he is one of my leaders now at Legacy Minded Men. He came to me at one of the conferences and said, Joe, would you give me a little bit of creative freedom here? And I said, sure, let's do it. And what he did was he played a video of his father because his father was a musician, a famous musician. And as he's um, playing this video talking about his father, he said, you know, I never received that blessing from my dad, the blessing that I required. And he said to the group that was there, he said, I wonder how many of you have never received that blessing. Mm-hmm. Perhaps today that blessing could be yours. And what he did is he invited pastors to come up in front of the room and he said, if you want to receive the blessing, come forward. Boys, let me tell you what happened. 95% of the men came forward. Mm. There was one man in particular, two men actually, a 70-year-old man bawling his eyes out, going up to an older pastor and asking for a blessing. And then a young boy, must have been about 15 years old, who could not get out of his seat. He was crying so hard. Don't tell me the power of a man's words mean nothing. They mean everything. And at every age, right? At every age. And I'm guessing the guys in your group that have been wounded in some ways or still longing for a father's affirmation run the entire gamut of age, right? My friend is John Trent, who wrote a book called The Blessing. And John had a video series called The Blessing, and I I was going through it in Sunday school. And this one day I'm going through it and John starts talking about, well, he talked about a gumball machine, but I won't get into that. But what the basic story was about is get the blessing. So my parents lived down the shore of New Jersey, about an hour and a half away. We were going to visit my parents that day. And I told my wife, today is the day my father's going to tell me for the first time he loves me. And we went down, we had a nice day. And when we were getting ready to leave, Larry and Armin, he said, nothing to me. So I realized I never, ever told him I loved him. And Mm. you know something? It was hard the first time. So I said, dad, love you. And he shook his head. And then my mother did as she normally does speak for him. And she said, (laughs) Joey, you know, he loves you. I said, mom, I just want to hear it once. Uh And he said, I love you, Joe. Uh That was the only time in my life I heard him say that until about a month before he died Mm. when he was laying naked on the bathroom floor in a pool of bile. And my mother called me to to come over to help me and my son went, got him cleaned up, got him in bed. I tucked him in and I said, love you, dad. And he said, love you. And then he said, who are you? (laughs) So I only count that first time that he said it. So I understand what you went through, Larry. Yeah understand all that. It's so important for men to hear it. And it really does change things. So I made a determination that no matter what happens in my life, my children are going to hear it and hear it in abundance. It's to the point now, guys, where if we're fighting, me and my kids or whatever, even though they're hot or I'm hot, we will not hang up the phone without saying I love you. And that is a powerful place to be. Mm. I love that. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. Hey, Armin, we know a couple of guys who put together a fantastic resource. That's right. Two of my favorite mentors, Jay Coughlin 
and best-selling author Larry Julian just teamed up to write a book about how to get unstuck. Their book, Five Bold Choices, will show you how to rise above your circumstances and redefine your life just like it did with me. Absolutely. You know, that book draws upon an unfortunate event in Jay's life. He made a terrible choice to drive home after drinking a decision that resulted in a car crash that killed his dad. I mean, you and I have heard that story a number of times, and it's such an impactful story of perseverance of Jay going from convicted felon to successful CEO. That's right. Indeed. And you can find that story at fiveboldchoices.com or text choices to 54900 to download a sample now. It's so funny that we got three guys. I don't think you knew this, but I was born when my dad was 42. Oh, my goodness. Kid, yeah. wow, no nice. kidding. Yeah, exact same scenario. <laughs> I never heard him say I love you. Yeah. Not that he doesn't love me. Right. But like I'm pretty yeah, sure right. I'm his favorite, not because I'm special. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the same thing. And I do remember growing up, I had a lot of identity issues, and I didn't know why that was. A lot of that had to do with my dad's relationship with me. And so I have a question for you, Joe. So when you yeah. meet people like me, Someone who struggles emotionally with their dad because their dad was absent. What do you say to us? Number one, I tell them that there is a father in heaven that loves you. And while that goes a long way, the reality is I'm still looking for affirmation here. That's what they're saying inside. Joe, I'm still looking for affirmation here. And then what I would say is, listen, there is an abundance of men out there who would love to pour into you, who would love to love on you and who would love to teach and mentor you. And I have come to recognize, guys, that the mentoring aspect of life is something so powerful. And I go to 1 Corinthians with this one. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Therefore, if that's true, then the opposite is true as well. Good company promotes good character. Therefore, identify who you're surrounding yourself with, who is speaking into your life, who's breathing truth, quote unquote, into your life. And if it's not the right people, then you need to surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up, affirm you, engage you and equip you properly. So I say, if your father has disconnected from you or is not the man that you need him to be in your life, then there are plenty of other men who would be willing to step in if you make yourself vulnerable enough in a trustworthy manner to another man. But of course, it's not just instantaneous. Trust is built over time. So you want to build relationships. I think one of the greatest problems we have as men is building real relationships. At Legacy Minded Men, we have a formula. It's called R3. It says this, when one man looks himself in the mirror and sees every wart, every hair out of place and recognizes that he's imperfect and that he needs help, he takes off that mask that he's put on to fake the world out, much like I did with all my lies, and he gets real with another man. When that man continually stays in the realness, what happens is that transparency leads to the other man taking off his mask, and they come together, and that builds real relationships. When real relationships are built, they tilt to one end, and that is a response end, meaning real relationships respond to the call of God. We see it over and over again when it starts with one man getting real with another man. Yeah. 
Well, I want to pull on that thread just a little bit here and get real with you because we have a similar, it looks like all three of us have kind of a similar track record. So let's compare notes on this one. Sure. I'm guessing that if your dad was like mine, he probably never said, I'm proud of you or well done on on anything that you might have attempted. Is that right, Armin? Was that true for you? Oh, 100%. Okay. How about for you, Joe? So my wife, about 15 years ago, is down the shore of New Jersey. And we're on the boardwalk, and I don't know where I was, but my my wife sat next to my father, and out of the blue, my father says, "You know, I handled Joey wrong." And she says, "What do you mean?" He said, "I used reverse psychology, thinking it would make him stronger." Oh, yeah. And the reality was, it really ticked me off. Yeah, it really did because I never heard anything. Here's the only time that I really ever heard my son, my father say I was proud. My sister died. And I was asked to do the eulogy uh-huh. and I did a eulogy and, and it was a Catholic church because my sister went to a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. And when the, when I was done with the eulogy, I got a standing ovation in the church. Mm. And when I left the church, we went to my parents' house and my father looked at me and he said, Joe, I'm proud of you. Mm. Now, those were not the circumstances I was looking for, <laughs> but, I, but I appreciated yeah. the words yeah. because I heard it. And I knew, I, I think much like you guys, you tell me, guys, do you believe your fathers are or were proud of you? Well, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, think so. Seasons, yeah. yeah but, you know, <laughs> yeah, but, I, I don't have a lot of data points. <laughs> yeah, I get you. <laughs> but here's, the, here's, what I wanna, here's what I want to explore for a minute, because this is the Bold Idea Podcast. And what we want to try to do is explore how can we put our faith to work and how can we trust God in ways that we might be fearful to do so. A big element of that might be what our fathers have said or haven't said to us in terms of trusting and stepping out. And I know that there have been times in my own life where I haven't felt like I had the confidence that maybe I would have. Now, I'm not trying to pin everything on you know the front step of my dad here because a lot of this I own, but I didn't have like a role model to say, you know, Mm -hmm. you can do it and I've been there and I can help you and I will be there. And that's what I think a good, strong father does is speak words into their, their son or daughter and say, you know, you can do it and I'm here to help you and I'm here to show you the way. I didn't have that. Armin doesn't sound like you had it. Mm -hmm. Joe, it doesn't sound like you had it. So I'm just kind of wondering what were the steps that you took, Joe, to what are some of the things that you did to gird yourself in that absence of your father? I mean, you mentioned mentors before, but talk about how you have accommodated that, let's just say, lack of somebody there to show you the way that wasn't in your dad. Yeah, well, that, that's an easy one. I got into the Word of God, mm-hmm. and the Word of God is pretty powerful and pretty clear. It teaches you what it means to be a real man. And one of the first things it talks about is, you know, many counselors, you know, it talks about having many counselors, which means the people around me, I need to be able to trust them. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I want to surround myself with a powerful inner circle of men who are not afraid to say, hey, Joe, you're going the wrong way. Hey, Joe, have you thought about this? And I am so blessed, guys, to have so many powerful men around me right now who love on me. I never, ever had that. As a matter of fact, I had very few friends as a child. Even as a boy growing up, I was so insecure in who I was. I did not know who I was. And that's why I had to make up this entire <laughs> fake life. Mm-hmm. And so anybody that's out there listening, any man who is struggling with this, I encourage you. I encourage you. Get your nose in that book. Read it. Understand what it's speaking to men about. And listen. You know, 
there's a great verse in 1 Corinthians 16. It says, it's, it's 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14. And it says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, be strong, do everything in love. Mm. I believe those are the five tools every godly man needs. To be on your guard is to be on the lookout, always looking for the devil out there and protecting your family, covering them. And then it says, stand firm in the faith. Now, when it says stand firm in the faith, that means you need to know what you believe. Guys, I don't know about you, but I'm walking through a world right now that if I ask them what you believe, they can readily tell me. But if I ask them the follow-up question, why? They can't answer it. And you know why? Because they were brought up in families and they had traditions. Mm -hmm. They went to college and the professors told them what to believe. They hung out with friends and they told them what to believe. No, 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 no. The question is, what do you believe? What's at your core? You need to know, in order to stand firm in your faith, you need to know what you believe in. Then it says, be men of courage. This means don't be fearful. Keep going, keep going. You, you're gonna, you can do this, you can do this. And it says, be strong. And that means do not lose your way. Understand that strength is God has your back. He's gonna cover you. And then it says something that's extraordinarily difficult for men. It says, do everything in love. Mm -hmm. Do everything in love. Boy, if we could get those five things down and share those with every average Joe out there, it's a, it's a game changer. Yeah, that's transformational right there. Yes, so I got, sir, it is. It's transformational. So two questions for you, Joe. Part one, let's just say a father does do this and does speak life and love and courage into their sons. What is the outcome of that? What does that? What does this man's child end up looking like? Well, let's put it this way: a man can not only speak those words into his child's life; he needs to live those words because more is caught than taught. And if you understand that that's a true statement, you need to align yourself with the words that you're speaking and the Word of God. I understood if my kids are going to trust in what I say, they have to watch what I do because it's a reflection right back to them of the son of God. I want to be like what the word Christian says, a little Christ. And therefore my actions need to back up my words in every sense of the word. And if I do that, then Proverbs 22, six says, train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. The bottom line is this. He may go down a bad path. And let me tell you, all three of my children have had a major a major crisis in their life. But because they had a father and mother who were engaged and equipped into their life, we were able to deal with it head on because any one of the problems that my kids had could have destroyed our family, but no. And now all three of my kids follow the Lord. And it is powerful when you simply live out exactly what you say. And that goes a long way. And I really believe that no matter what, he, they could go down a bad path for a couple of years. But if you keep being steady to what you believe, they're going to come back. They're yeah. going to come back. So here's my second part of the questions. I feel dirty asking this question. But <laughs> even in the beginning, you know, when we talked about like what causes this absent father syndrome or whatever we want to call it. But we said two parts mainly was sin and selfishness. And, you know, Everyone's favorite radio station is WIIFM. What's in it for me? So mm -hmm. as a father, what's in it for the father if they follow this process of being there, being present? I know it sounds dirty to even ask this question, but I still think it's a valid question. 
Number one, that's why we were created. We were created to do this. We were created to mentor the next generation, whether it's our children or the children of other people who might not have a father in their lives. The bottom line is this. If we understood as fathers that watching our young men grow up to be godly men and our, and our young girls to grow up to be godly women, there is nothing greater. Nothing will swell you more than that. I know this, that no matter what kind of success I had in business, what success I had in ministry, the greatest success I have is that I've been blessed to raise three godly children. And, you know, maybe that doesn't resonate with somebody that doesn't understand. Joe, you don't know what my kids are like. You don't know what it's like. Yeah, I, I do, because I've lived on both sides of the fence. I know what I was like before Jesus Christ came into my life, and I know what I'm like now. And I know this, that if Jesus is really at the center, the core of your life, then you cannot not want to be the best father you can be, regardless of how your children might disrespect you or whatever. You need to do what's right, including the tough love, which might be to kick, kick them out of the house when that needs to be when that needs to happen. So, you know, listen, the truth of the matter is, I don't want to make this like, hey, you know, live a be a good dad and everything's going to be great. That's not what the Bible says. They're going to be tough times. They're going to be challenges. All we can do as men is live the life that God crafted us to live and live it properly according to what his the word says. That's all we can do and then pray for the best. Well, your latest book is really uh, part of that project for you to get some practical help for guys that are struggling with what to say to their kids, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. There are great people in this book. Like I said, they're celebrities. And, and I'll share one of the stories with you that I think speaks to what you were talking about, Larry. It's Corbin Burnson. He was in Major League. He was on L.A. Law. And terrific guy. Was my favorite interview in the book because he was so blatantly honest about his father. His father who cheated on his mother several times. And because of that, his mother became a, you know, just a really drop dead alcoholic. And Corbin just would come home and there was never any food and this and that. And he would get angry and angrier at his, at his mother. And his father would just say to him these words, don't blame others for your failures. So every time Corbin made a mistake or, or failed in school, he blamed his mother. And, and his father, who he said did all this wrong, would say that to me, and that really changed him. Hmm. So here he is. He took a man who really didn't father him well, but he took something from him, a great, powerful sentence, and he utilized it to gain strength. He certainly didn't have a perfect family at home. But the bottom line is he recognized, I have choices to make. You know, we're not born winners. We're not born losers. We're born choosers. So do not choose not to blame somebody else for your failures and choose to trust in the God who crafted you and the fact that I have to write this ship. It's my life and it's my call and it's my choice. Right. We may not have a dad that would say those words to us. Mine's, pa mine's passed away, so I can't expect that anymore. But right. what word have you been given, Joe, from another man that has been that fatherly voice to you that's been inspiring on the way? That's a, nobody's ever asked me that question. That's an awesome question. Hmm. I'll tell you what. I think one of them is, and it's it's actually in our book, it's Alex Kendrick talks about how his father used to talk about challenges. And he said, you know, Alex, you don't eat an elephant in one bite. You take bites away. So the challenges that we're facing in our lives can seem so monumental. But when you boil them down and take them in little bites, 
all of a sudden you're moving, you're stepping, you're going forward and you start looking and that mountain that was in front of you is not as large as it used to be. So I'm taking bites out of it every day and I'm improving myself. I'm learning more about what the Lord has for me. And, and I think guys, the most important thing that not only every man needs to do, but also every woman is identify with that God given purposes in their life. Mm. Everybody was crafted for purpose. Everybody has the seed of purpose, a purpose that God gave us from when we were born, that he is looking for us to identify in our lives so that we can nurture it and then put it into action for his glory. That is the proverbial round peg in the round hole. It fits perfectly. And we operate in our strength zone, mm -hmm. in our purpose zone, in our passion zone. That's what legacy-minded men is for me. I know without a doubt, this is why God crafted me. This is why he knitted me together in my mother's womb to do exactly what I'm doing. And I love it. Is it easy to do? Well, guys, let me tell you something. Dealing with men, not easy at all. But the reality is, it is the most rewarding thing when you get an email from somebody saying, Thank you for what your ministry has done. It's changed my life. It's changed my marriage. It's changed me as a dad. That is transformational. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And I think that's probably a great place to leave our conversation. I think you have given us another bite off the elephant here for us to you know move forward in our own purposes we're trusting god and and knowing that all the circumstances that we've had in our lives are not strange to him they're not unknown but the power of thinking about legacy and what we say to our kids and how we might even be the voice of a father to another man those are powerful powerful thoughts so i thank you for sharing them with us joe and thanks for being on the bold idea podcast guys thank you so much this was a lot of fun been a pleasure. Thanks again. God bless you guys. Okay, I mean that was Joe Pellegrino. That's an intense conversation. I love you it. Kind of tell he was kind of felt like he was rising up in his chair as he was talking. He's yeah. got a lot of passion. I love I'll, it. Yeah, I absolutely. eat that stuff up. I, 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 right. He's the type of guy I just want to see speak every week. Yeah. Know? Yeah, you know, he's got a lot of conviction. Yep, he'll suck me in every time. <laughs> All right, I'm listening. All right. All right. Well, let's figure this out. Let's debrief on what we heard. What are some of the things that stood out to you that affects the way we might think about our own bold idea and how we might trust God with our next thing? Yeah, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is, have you ever heard me do the message I do on shame and vulnerability by chance? Mm, yes, I you think have. I did. Okay. I think I did. So a, a lot of that was based on Brene Brown's research. And mm -hmm. I know you're aware of Brene Brown. And one of the things that she talked about that stuck out to me the most was she talked about societal norms for men and women. Yeah. Right? So th these are things that we have to live by for us to feel normal. And if we don't do those things, not only will we not feel normal, but we feel shame and shame takes us into this vicious cycle, right? right. Mm -hmm. And those four things, those basically the four priorities of men, it was basically work is first, something about violence and a couple other things, but had nothing to do with family, had nothing to do with being present, had nothing to do with faith or God or anything like that, right? So like the thing that stuck out the most was the highest priority for all men living in this society is for us to pursue work first, right? So there's something about living in this country or, and I, and I wouldn't say it's just this country. I would say it's most countries that we're taught to believe that for us to be good men, for us to be actual men, 
we have to prioritize work. It has to be first. It has to be us providing and nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. And we do that thinking we're being good men, thinking we're being good fathers, thinking we're being good husbands. But why should men think that they're doing something wrong if they feel like they're doing it right? They're following the societal norm. Why wouldn't they prioritize work if that's what they're supposed to do, Mm -hmm. right? But we're abandoning our children. We're abandoning our wives. We don't know that. Mm-hmm. So like, I just find it so valuable that there's someone, I don't think Joe is alone, but there's people out there finally guiding and leading people and saying, look, this work first mentality shouldn't be it. There's so much more to focus on that'll give you so much more of a meaningful life. Yeah. You know? And there's so much, I think, need to hear the father's voice in some way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember someone once telling me, if you want to get into a vulnerable conversation with somebody, you know, you want to get below the surface with them, ask them about their relationship with their father, because that's the fastest ticket to cracking the code and having a deeper relationship. And how, just think about this in conversations that I have with other guys, how often do we enter into that even level of conversation? And it's not very often. I have to admit, most of the conversation kind of stays at a, at a level that doesn't quite get down to the point of where many men have their woundedness. Right. I mean, if you think about what's the number one question guys ask each other in a networking type scenario or just greeting each other scenario. What time is it? No, it's (laughs) It's time for food. (laughs) Besides that. Yeah. But it's hi, how you're doing. And then what do you do? What do you do? Mm Yeah. It's what do you do? It's that's that's all we talk about. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I get it. I would just think this is such a common epidemic that this whole conversation is so necessary that I I just, I don't even think a book is enough. This is the type of guy I just want to kind of take everywhere to speak. Uh Well, and and maybe just to take his message and to share it as well. You know, it, it seems to me like as I was listening to Joe and reflecting, he made the comment about, you know, young and, and old, the 70-year-old guy that was in yeah. the 15-year-old who, you know, were in tears asking for a blessing. And just think about the fact that really none of us are immune to that. And we all walk yeah. around with that projected shell about everything being okay. And he, he did right. he did address that as well. And we don't really necessarily give much thought because it's not presented out there. You know, it's not like the needs that others in this way are not immediately evident. Mm. And yet I think about the impact that I can have on my kids and trying to reverse the effect that I've received, you know, with my own experience with my dad and to try to invest in them. And I am very conscientious about that and I don't do a great job or, I mean, there are times when I do a great job and there are times when I don't, I blow it. But I don't often think about, the same needs are in probably every person that I meet needs some kind of affirmation, some kind of word that can speak to something that could inspire them. Right. And if we are going to rise up and do what God's called us to do, if we are going to put our faith to work, if we're going to see the possibilities that God sees in us that we don't see in ourselves, it could be that the body of Christ needs to be the body of Christ and speak into one another words of an affirmation that says, you can do this. Right. And I can help. You know, the old Home Depot tagline. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love how you just took spiritual content and brought it on deep. Awesome. But no, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, if, if you even watch 
and follow how God formed the world, right? Like the beginning of the Bible, you look in the book of Genesis and you see how the world is formed and it's and it's formed by God just simply saying something, right? It, he created by saying, just let it be so. And it just shows right there in the Bible how you form the world that you live in just by speaking it out. And yeah. we look to our fathers and we look to them to say, who are we? Mm-hmm. What am I? Mm-hmm. What am I capable of? Right. And I listened to Joe Pellegrino and say reverse psychology. I, I don't. I don't think that's uncommon. I think my dad. Oh sure. Had a very similar yeah. process from what I remember from the shame episode we did in the Reinventure Me podcast. You had the same experience. Yep. I don't think we're unique. I don't think this is no. mere coincidence that three guys were the only three on the planet, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, and so with this weird mentality that we have to like shame our boys because that'll make them stronger. They have to have thick skin. They have to have cold water in their veins. Blah blah blah. You got to kill and eat other people's hearts, or I don't even. Well, know I mean, God the Father spoke to the crowd. About Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Yeah. And you know what? We are sons of God. Yeah. Daughters of God. And he says the same thing to us. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. Now, just knowing that and receiving that blessing can be transformational in terms of what we do. Yeah. Because we are able to do it out of fullness, not out of need. Yeah. You know, because that part of us has been satisfied by the only one who can truly satisfy it. I love it. I'm going to end on this visual. There's a comedian, African-American comedian. I think his name is Michael Gray, I want to say. Christian comedian. And he posted a video that I'll never forget. His wife had just given birth to, I want to say, his son. And newborn, maybe 30 minutes old, an hour old. I don't even know. And his baby was just crying, 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 crying. He's talking, talking to her. And he just, there are him. And the baby keeps crying. And then Michael says to his baby... I love you. And this infant immediately stops crying mm-hmm. and opens his eyes. I've seen the video. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Okay. Mm-hmm. I will never forget. There's no way that child knows what the words I love you mean. Mm-hmm. But I there's something had to have taken place where the power of a love of a father to their child can significantly impact them in a way that can calm them, that can put them at ease and let them know you are there for yeah, them. That's Michael Jr. Michael Jr., that's yep. what it is. Mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Oh, man, I will never forget that. Yeah. The powerful effect of just love, whether you understand those words or not. Yeah. Well, here's a word for you all that are listening to this podcast. And it's so trite because it's so overused, but it's so powerful at the same time. God does love you. Amen. And he wants to inspire in all of us, I think, this this great acknowledgement of of that love that grace that mercy that overflows all the circumstances that you have today so that you can live a life of joy and you can live a life that's pleasing to him amen so go knock it out of the park well i hope you enjoyed this interview this time that we've had with joe pellegrino we'd love for you to let us know visit our show notes at boldideapodcast.com slash 20 the links to joe's websites will be there you'll find out about his book that will be there as well and you can leave a comment for us there about the show or call us at our show line at 612-568-IDEA 612-568-4332 we'd love as well i mean wouldn't we we'd love for them to follow us on Social media, Bold Idea Podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Google+. We don't have an Instagram or Pinterest or 
was Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not quite fully up to speed, but right. follow us anyway. We'd love to hear from you. And so this is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. Until next week, we say so long and go get them. You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com. Come <laughs>